Dawn and Steve, welcome Dr. Mark Terman to talk about a shocking reality in San Francisco. Join the conversation, 800-555-7898. Well, San Francisco is certainly in the headlines this week because of the Super Bowl. Some of the other reasons they might be in the headlines, not as good, though. You know, I, one of the things I got to tell you, though, that I'm so excited about San Francisco being in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. is they have a number of players who are pretty outspoken about their faith, including mm-hmm. their quarterback, Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And so kind of hearing them take the opportunity to talk about Jesus and the gospel, I think will be a good thing. And man, does San Francisco need the gospel right now because they have all sorts of issues and problems going on right there. And joining us to talk a little bit about that, Mark Terman, executive director of the Denison Forum, joining us. Morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Great to be with you all today and have a little time to talk. Uh, well, I'm glad that uh, we're going to talk here. And I'm going to assume that you are probably a Cowboys fan. Well, let's let's just back that train up. <laughs> I used to be a Cowboy fan and my uh, next uh, older brother. Matter of fact, two of my brothers are two huge football fans. But my brother John is a huge Cowboy fan. But I gave up my Cowboy card uh, a few years ago. I just after 25 years, I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. So I basically, heart, be, I? yeah, I've, I've, I've gone the way of my older brother, which is to become a chiefs fan. And part of that is because Patrick Mahomes is from my part of the world. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've converted to being a chiefs fan, you know, and it's very hard for anybody that was ever a cowboy fan to cheer for the 49ers. It's just, it's pretty much beyond our ability to do that. I not even it. Brock Purdy. I not even for Brock I, Purdy. I get it. Well, I like you know I like Brock Purdy, but you know I you can only you you know you can only go that so only far. Full, but I will so far. Yep. Yeah. But I will say this, you know, and it pertains to what we're talking about this morning. I do love San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco. Uh, was one of the trips that my wife and I took a few years ago. Literally on a whim, we decided, hey, let's go somewhere and. 36 hours later, we were in San Francisco and just had a fabulous time. Beautiful city. Uh, so much to enjoy there, uh, which kind of breaks your heart when you realize what Dr. Dennison described uh, in this article about drug addiction in the city. It is heartbreaking. I know my sister-in-law used to live there and we'd visit her and it was a super fun city. But now we're seeing the fun turn into addictions and it's draining so many things, including the life out of people. Give us a little snapshot of what we're seeing happening in San Francisco. Yeah, Dr. Dennison did a great job of uh, reviewing this from multiple news sources, but entitled his article, Drug Addicts Now Outnumber High School Students in San Francisco. How did that happen? Why should it matter to us? And it's really just astounding. He quotes uh, four major newspapers, San Francisco Chronicle, CNN, New York Post, and uh, others, that it's just astounding how policy has allowed uh, drug use to skyrocket in the city of San Francisco, and they now outnumber, drug addicts actually outnumber the number of high school students, and uh, you can find places within the city where drugs are used and sold openly, uh, where people are in these conditions, obviously just living on the street in the worst, uh, some of the worst kinds of human uh, suffering and, uh, and tragedy that you could witness anywhere. And so much of this has to do with the adoption of policies that uh, allow and even affirm the use of drugs 
in the in a world that says, you know what, your truth is your truth. If you think this is what is right for you and your behavior, if you think this is what you want to do, uh, that we're going to create an environment where you can do that uh, uh, to your heart's delight. And of course, it only leads to levels of destruction that are just astounding and recorded in many, many articles. Well, it's kind of shocking to think about the fact that it is happening out in the open as publicly as it is, and we're seeing the effect of that. I mean, as I understood it, the federal law of saying illegal substances are banned still kind of trumps what is happening regionally in state and local levels here. And so what is going on? Is San Francisco just kind of thumbing their nose at the federal laws and saying, you know, we don't care. We're going to enforce what we want. We're going to do what we want. We're going to let people do whatever they want. Well, there's definitely as one policy expert, Keith Humphreys, who cited in the article talks about that uh, San Francisco is in many ways, uh, particularly in this area, thumbing their nose at federal law. And we know that there's tension on a lot of bases between uh, the federal government and state governments and city governments, particularly large city governments like San Francisco. And there's always a tension there, and they have a way of adjudicating those tensions. But San Francisco has said, you know what? Um, this is what we think is right for our community, and we're going to be, uh, as Keith Humphreys described, extreme in terms of uh, uh, progressive, um, very lenient pro-drug policies, and it's created this culture where uh, people are literally self-destructing in front of in front of the city. Mm. The political landscape may be saying this is okay, and yet these are real lives that are being destroyed by a pro-drug or an all kind of all things are open and available to you. Come on in, and yet the lives that are being destroyed, that's real, and eternity hangs in the balance. We come back and talk more about San Francisco, how the drug addicts are outnumbering high school students, and all of the research showing this is what's happening in a city that has before been very vibrant and to be able to see and watch out for those pitfalls in our own lives. Dr. Mark Terman is joining the conversation with from the Denison Forum. More coming up on Moody Radio. When drug addicts outnumber high school students, there must be work that needs to be done. And executive director of the Denison Forum, Dr. Mark Terman, joining us because this seems to be happening in San Francisco. Policies there in the city saying it's wide open. You can do what you want, when you want, where you want, especially in the way that city is is kind of divided out. There's different areas. I remember when Haight-Asbury kind of used to be the place that everybody would go to live this kind of freestyle life, no real accountability. Nobody really cared what you did. Now it seems to be pervading other parts of the city as they talk about the Tenderloin District. But Dr. Mark, as we think about these real lives and real people that may not understand that taking on this kind of destruction to their body is taking them one step closer to ultimate destruction. What do we as the church need to know? What do we need to do? How do we respond? We hear political and we kind of go, well, it's political. Yeah, and there's certainly a lot to think about here, but keeping uh, our compassion in front of us is first and foremost. These are real people with real lives, with real families that matter to God. Uh, and I think it was Oswald Chambers who said that when we see something like this, especially when we're a long way away from it, as most of us are, 
our goal should not be to criticize, but rather to in- intercede. Um, that should be our first response. That's the compassionate and the biblical response of Jesus. Uh, there are obviously a lot of things that we could say about uh, some of these policies and then how those policies have resulted in this situation. We should be concerned. We should be prayerful for those that are making the policies, but we should also be front of mind and interceding for those who are uh, who have decided that life is is of such a nature that they need to engage drug use uh, and substance abuse because they don't see the purpose in life. Um, and there's so much around that. But every one of those is an individual. Every one of those is made, every one of those people is made in the image of God, worthy of our attention, our prayer, and our concern, and that we have the good news of Christ to share with them and that's what we ought to be seeking to do locally, uh, as re- as well as nationally and even globally. How can God use us? Uh, as uh, a new friend of mine said to me recently, God, would you make me the answer to somebody's prayer today? Mm-hmm. Would you make me the answer to somebody's prayer? And that might not be somebody in San Francisco today, but it might be somebody that you meet in the next half hour. And that needs to be, I think, the approach that every one of us would take. I love that, that approach of seeing each person as that image bearer and choosing to engage as that potential answer uh, to prayer in that way. Uh, And Mark, I know it can be tempting for us to look at a situation where, you know, what we see going on in San Francisco and say, that is so overwhelming. There's policy in place. It feels like an uphill battle. Never going to win it. Is it worth engaging in the fight? Or do I turn my attention to another potential uh, way to to engage? Why do you think that engaging in a culture that is pushing us out and pushing back against those is a, a battle worthy of trying to stay engaged in? Well, I think the most important reason for that is is because that's what God's called us to do. He's He's allowed us to be his co-workers and to be his witnesses. Uh, We're not the judge. We're not the jury. We get to be witnesses pointing to him. And that's why we're in this season of the church. That's why God has allowed us to be here for this time. He could have decided, you know what, when somebody believes in me by trusting in Christ, I'm just going to extract them out of the world immediately. He could have done it that way, but he's chosen to leave us here as his representatives, his missionaries, his ambassadors, his spokesmen, and we get to point people to the hope that we have in Christ. And ultimately, that is the answer. Uh, And the question is, is where and how can we do that, uh, both on our knees and with our lives today? Where can we do that, remaining biblically anchored, but full of compassion and seeking to uh, represent Christ well into every life and every situation that we get to walk into today. Yeah, and I know that there are churches in the San Francisco Bay Area that are very, very active, and I wonder how, too, from wherever we are across the country, even the world, we might interject with prayer, like you said, on our knees, making sure that we're kind of holding up their arms, if you will, uh, for the battle. Yeah, I wonder if there's somebody listening to us who needs, maybe they're a leader at a church and they need to think about, hey, can we reach out to a church in San Francisco and become their partner? Can we uh, make them a part of our intentional prayer focus? Could we host a mission trip and go out there and help them do ministry, uh, especially to these people who are struggling so deeply with 
uh, with dark thoughts and with depression and with other problems that are leading them into drug abuse. Yeah. Well, Dr. Mark Terman with us, executive director of the Denison Forum, and you can uh, connect with him in this article that we're talking about by going to denisonforum.org. We'll link you to that through our Facebook page. On Facebook, you're just starting at Don Steve in the Morning, and you're going to find the information you need right there. It's kind of interesting. I was looking at uh, some of the news headlines this morning, mm -hmm. and this, what people are calling false summer, is in full effect. Not that long ago, what? we had the absolute brutal winter in yes. many parts of the country. Sub-zero temperatures, wind chills, you know, like 20, 30, 40 degrees below zero. It's it, All sorts of snow all over the place. I mean, here in Middle Tennessee, we had eight inches of snow uh -huh. in our yard, and, and that's kind of unheard of, <laughs> I keep being told. Every year, every year, people say, man, this is unusual that we're getting this kind of weather. And every year, it gets a little bit worse. However, how long does it last? It's fairly short, although recently it was longer than usual. We had snow on the ground, I think, for about a week. It was a week. Because it a, stayed cold for yes, a while. Yes, but a week out of six months, this is relative to where you came from. Uh, then, yeah, a week of winter, uh, you'll be all right. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but in some parts of the country right now, they are having to open up golf courses. What? They are canceling dog sled races in Minnesota. What? Flowers are blooming in parts of Virginia and other portions of the eastern U.S. <laughs> Unusual stretch of weather happening right now in what people are calling a fake or false spring. But don't get used to it. No. Don't get used to it. And I don't know if is it unusual for them because here's the thing. I remember when a friend of mine from Michigan moved to Tennessee and she loved Tennessee. She ended up moving back to Michigan because that's where family was. I kept asking her, what is it about Tennessee? I lived in Michigan. Why? What is it about Tennessee you love so much? And she said, the weather. I love the weather. I came down to visit her in April one year. It was cold. It was freezing cold. And I asked where is this lovely winter like weather you're telling me about? She said, the thing about the winter weather here is it will change. And the mild comes and then it'll go back to cold and the mild will come again. Last February, here in Tennessee, we had 70 degree weather. We did. Because I have photos. You know, I have a, a 2012 convertible. Yeah, And I love my car. Any chance I get, that top of that vehicle comes down because I just love uh, the outdoors and sunshine. I had the top down last February, and I had blue hair. That's right. <laughs> and this is the photo I have because I just thought, hmm, that time of life where you're in your 50s, you have blue hair, and you have the top down on your car in February. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful that's great. thing. That's a great picture right there. It, it, yeah. yeah. So I am a little surprised that this is being dubbed unusual, but maybe per state, they don't get these warm, warming trends that we can get here in the South. But yeah, right now, places like Chicago, Detroit, Toronto, Washington, D.C., and New York, even all the way up into Boston, are experiencing temperatures of uh, 10 to 20 degrees warmer than ah. usual as the uh, winds are pushing those warmer temperatures that direction. And so, yes, it is happening here in some of the southern states as well. But some of that eastern and northeast part of the country, mm -hmm. they're uh, getting a little taste of spring. Now, 
I know from living in Chicago last. for a long time, it <laughs> yeah, does not last no. long. We've had beautiful, beautiful days in March, only to be making snowmen. In fact, my, my wife's birthday is in the middle of April. Yes. And I remember one year we made a snowman in the backyard on her birthday. On her birthday. On her birthday. See, and that was the thing about weather in Michigan. I can handle snow up to a point, and then, but when there's snow on the ground in April and May, and you're wearing sweatshirts and coats on some 4th of Julys, yeah. That's no good. This Southern girl, that was a that was tough. It was really hard. But there are times that these warming trends come through just long enough to let the crocuses come through and the daffodils start coming up, the buds on the trees, and then a hard freeze comes through. You're like, oh. Wipes it all out. But God's creation is amazing in that it, in some form or fashion, all comes back and spring will come. That is the one thing. Spring is my favorite. Okay. I love spring because of that renewal. Yeah. And the reminder of God's grace. Yeah, that is uh, one of the things that even in the seasons of the year, we kind of get reminders of the power of God, his grace, and certainly parallels, I think, to uh, kind of living out the Christian life. We're glad you're with us on this Thursday morning. All right. So we here at Moody Radio, we have some swag and we're going to bring what we have to Tuscaloosa when we broadcast live here in a couple of weeks. By the way, that's a thing. Mar- or February 29th, we are taking the show on the road in Tuscaloosa is our destination. We have details. Uh, we're going to get that to our Facebook page. Right now, if you text the keyword Alabama to 800-555-7898, we'll send you all the details on the February 29th date when we're going to put the show on the road. I, though, need a particular special swag for one of our friends that is a regular guest because we've been put to shame just a little bit by another Moody Radio morning team and it's not sitting well with me. I love what they did, but I'm kind of sad that we didn't do it first. You need to one-up them, right? I get it. (laughs) Well, at least come in even. Oh, no. I love that. I love that team. If you're going to be second to the party, you have to have a grander entrance. A bigger, okay. So I'm just thinking... What could you do? Like, if you order something, you put something together, because we just finished Christmas. Maybe you did a personal item for someone. You can have blankets made with photos and logos and pillows and wall signs. What do they call those? Fat heads? Those big, yeah, the big, big ones. things? Yeah. Mugs. And you have a mug with the kids on it. I do. And you love that mug. I broke the handle and super glued it back on because I'm not getting rid of this mug. No, nope. that that is a precious mug. All three of your children yep. are there on that mug. But I'm trying to think of something that would kind of stand out a little bit. Like mugs, those are great. Pillows, wall art. I don't know. That we could put the Don and Steve logo on and send it to this friend. Mm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I and I think gender may help. It's a guy it is a that guy. we're going to be yeah. uh, sending mm-hmm. this to. And so, you know, sending him a, a flowery, fluffy pillow, I don't know that he's going to really dig that. But we put the logo on it. We, yeah. So I, I could take the flowers off. I'm not married to flowers at all. I don't necessarily put flowers on any of my decor. I like them fresh. And that's kind of it. That's about so, it. Okay. Yeah. But I, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking a blanket. Yeah? I think that would be actually pretty funny. That That's what I'm going for, the humor, right? but maybe a little bit of usability. So I'm just wondering, though, does it end up where one of my favorite blankets ends up, ended up? 
Uh, do you remember when Duck Dynasty was all the rage? I do. I had a blanket that had the faces larger than life size of the three bearded brothers and Uncle Cy. You did? I did. And for some reason, Susie was not a fan of that blanket. It I don't had to live understand. in the basement. And eventually, <laughs> I think I, I think it got, quote unquote, lost in a move oh, at some point. You had a few things get lost in that move. I, I think so. <laughs> but I got that blanket as uh, part of a white elephant gift oh, at a yes. Christmas party one yes. year. And like... I don't know how many times I had to trade. I I wanted that blanket. I went home with that blanket, and that was my blanket for a while. So that I think a blanket hilarious. with our our heads on there larger than life, yeah. And the logo would uh, be deeply appreciated and deeply loved for a long time. You think? I'm wondering if his wife will then orchestrate a move. <laughs> And lose the blanket in the move. Do you have an idea of something personalized that we could put the logo on and maybe give that to somebody that did not get a mug from us for Christmas like another morning team sent him? And I'm like, hmm, that's just not going to work. We got to get him something. 800-555-7898. If you have an idea, we'll take it. Uh, I think this would be really fun to just kind of love yep. but share a smile it's don and steve in the morning 800-555-7898